All right, what are we talking about? What'd you learn last week? Ooh, good guess. I'm not giving you a point for that. Yes. We're in the book of Judges. We talked about. Oh, what's it? Ooh, you talked about not a brother of Gideon, but it was a son of Gideon, but like he killed his half brother. Like, yeah, but not just one half brother. Like, no, he killed all except for one, and his lied. He lied. Oh, a biblical. Oh, there it is. But that was his brother's name. What was his brother's name? I don't know. There's one verse he's not important. Uh, he has a whole like prophecy. Yeah. Jotham. Yeah, there you go. And Jerubbabel and Shechem and that Shechem is a place. Shechem is a place. Um he lied, he killed sixty nine brothers and he something Well what so from well, right, right. And so, what was the lesson? What's the point? What's the summary? You can learn from positive lessons just as well as you can learn from negative lessons, right? You can learn what not to do. That's not the point. Oh. Oh, and Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel? No, I heard So, what, what was Abimelech's initial mistake? He wanted to be in power, but God didn't put him in power. Right. So the rest of the judges are put in power how? By God. God chooses them. God chooses them. Abimelech chose, and that was his initial mistake, right? So that means it's better to follow God's plan. Obedience, right? That was the, that was the story there, right? Um, okay. <laughs> wow. So. That's Audrey had it right. You had obedience right there. Uh-huh. Wow. So, uh, as you've kind of figured out, some judges get multiple chapters, right? Gideon and Abimelech had three or four or five uh, dedicated to their story. Uh, so here we're going to pick up judges in chapter 10 and we're going to learn about two judges who get like two three verses each and that's it uh let's start going around we're in judges chapter 10 starting at verse one and after abimelech there arose to defend israel tola the son of Hua, the son of dodo a man of sikar and he dwelt in shamir on Mount Ephraim. And he judged Israel twenty and three years and died and was buried in Shemir. <coughs> and there after him Gileadite. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And he had 30 sons that rode on 30 ass colts, and they had 30 cities, which are called Havoth, Jer, unto this day, which are in the land of 
All right, so we've got Tola and Jair. All right, those are your sixth and seventh judges. Let's fill in the blanks. Caleb, no. Abraham is way before the time of the judges. What'd you guys do last week? Or two weeks ago? Gideon. And before that we did Deborah. And let me check. Uh, no. There is one in between here. Oh, the one verse one. Shamgar. And then it was... And yes, this is Ehud. And who's the first judge? Joshua. Nope. Joshua doesn't count as a judge. Caleb's nephew? Othniel. You guys remember talking about him? Yeah. All right. So there's our list of judges. We're starting on judge number eight today. His name is Jephthah. All right. Uh, keep going. Starting at verse six. Judges chapter 10, verse six. Ashtaroth. And the gods of Syria and the gods of Zion and the gods of Moab and the gods of the children of Ammon and the gods of, of the Philistines and forsook the Lord and served him not. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Ammon. Moreover, the children of Ammon passed over Jordan to fight also against Judah and against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, Ephraim so that Israel was sorely distressed. Alright, uh, so what's the general plot cycle of the book of Judges? Now we just read a section. Okay, so we're right here, right now. Um, okay. All right, we're here. Yes, evil, then oppression, so we're somewhere in this area. Um, all right. Verse 10. Thank 
request you, and you provide to me, and I delivered you out of their end. And he has forsaken me to serve other gods, therefore I will deliver you no more. Go cry and unto the gods that you have chosen, let them deliver you in the sight of your Whoa. So this seems different, right? They ask for help, and God says, no, no go talk to Baal. Go talk to Astra. See if they can help you. All right, so this is a little bit different, right? Uh, God is typically in the cycle has sent a judge uh, at this point. So here's my question for you. What's the reason God says no? Any guesses? Right, so instead of following him consistently, they're like, oh, God will save us, so we can do whatever we want, right? So God's trying to teach them a little bit of a lesson, right? Uh, the other reason that we suspect is Israel's repentance was in word only, right? They called out and said, hey, we need help, but they didn't change what they were doing, right? So God says no, right? Getting help from God requires real action. So let's see what happens next. Pick it up at verse 15. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only, we pray thee, this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them, and, and served the Lord, and his <coughs> soul was grieved to his evil. So the children of Israel were gathered together in the camp to Gilead, and the children of Israel assembled themselves together in the camp to And the people and princes of Judah said to one another, What man is he that will begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. All right. So, uh, they changed, right? And now things are going a little bit better for them. Uh, and then Israel starts to gather an army and gets ready to fight the children of Ammon, but they don't choose a leader. Why? Because God didn't choose them for them, so they're just not going to choose one. They learned their lesson with Abimelech. <laughs> they're not going to do that again. They know better. Uh, keep going. We're in uh, chapter 11 now, verse 1. Now... Jephthah, 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 the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor. He was the son of Harlech, and Gilead began Jephthah. Well, uh, Jephthah. <clears throat> so, uh, what's a harlot? Just for knowledge. There you go. Keep going.
All right. Uh, so, somebody help me draw a map. I'm really bad. The traditional one, the Red Sea, Med Sea, Dead Sea. Right. This is the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah, we're not over there. There's like the Red Sea that sticks up here, kind of thing. And then the Dead, the dead Sea is here, and then the there's. And what's that one? The Sea of Galilee. All right. So Gilead is part of Israel, and it's kind of on the eastern side of uh, the Jordan River here. And it's nice mountainous country. All right. And in this passage, there's actually two Gileads that we just read. A person and a person. You got it. The person is? Gilead. Correct. You got it. <laughs> so there's, there's this place, and then... There is his dad, and essentially, his brothers kick him out. All right? They say, you can't stay here with us. So he goes and lives somewhere else. And But he's living up in Tob, which is like over here in Palestine. Yeah. And there's these people that gather around him. All right? This is an interesting thing. Uh, he's called a mighty man of valor. Yeah, it does. So Who else will call the mighty man of the other? Me. Alright. The other thing that's said about him is that vain men gather around him. This is another thing that you guys should have heard before. Where did you hear this? Ah, somebody remembered. Oh, he's not cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Uh, so turn. I'm going to turn back to uh, verse chapter nine, verse three and four. I'll read it real quick. Um, and his mother's brethren spake to him in the ears of all the men of Shechem all these words, and their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, he is our brother. And they gave him three score and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Belbereth, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. What's the difference? Oh. Or are they not different? Well, he his family loves his So kind of, you're on the right track. Abimelech paid to have these people with him. They're mercenaries, all right? That's how he got these vain people. Uh, Abimelech was, or uh, Jephthah, they just kind of gathered around him because what they, th he thought, they thought that uh, Jephthah was cool and strong. So the takeaway is he must be an infectious leader, all right? All right. Other other verses and other translations uh, of this passage uh, suggest that Jephthah was like a mighty hunter, and so like he was out getting big game that nobody else could, and that's why these people gathered around. All right. Uh, does this remind you of anybody else in the Bible? Somebody who was cool enough where awesome people just gathered around him. Jesus. Not who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Yes, David's mighty men, all right? So this infectious leader here. Well, Jesus, Jesus was a cool leader too. Uh, I would agree that Jesus was absolutely an infectious leader. But, <laughs> yeah, 
I wouldn't call the 12 disciples mighty men. That's true. Well, he had many, many more than that. Yeah, but I was thinking of David, okay? You got me. Yes, all right, so we're going to keep up the story. We've got this Jephthah guy. He's a mighty man of valor. He's an, this infectious leader. Uh, pick up at verse 4 in chapter 11. It's you, Mallory. One more verse. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness between us if we do not do so according to your words. All right. So Jephthah agrees to lead Israel against Ammon, and he comes down from Tob and back into Israel. Uh, once he's there, he does two really important things that we're that we'll be able to learn more about that Jephthah. So read the next verse for me. This is chapter 11, verse 11. Then Jephthah uh, went with the elders of and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah said all his words before the Lord of Mishpah. All right, what does this mean? Not the part I care about. Oh. Did he talk to the people? Who did he talk to? The Lord of Mizpah. <clears throat> Not the Lord of, well, I guess, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord is the Lord of Mizpah, but specifically talk to God. All right? So he's a praying man. All right? Before he went to, out to be a leader, he said, the first thing I need to do, as soon as I get there, is I need to pray. All right? This is a great trait. Huh? Yes, man. Uh, this is a great trait for any leader, right? Anybody who wants to be in leadership, this is how you get it done, right? The first thing you should do is pray. Keep going, verse 12. Jephthah. 
All right, so he's sending message, he sent messages to the enemy king and said, hey, why are you attacking us? And what did Ammon say? Is that what actually happened? No. All right, I'm going to pick up and read, starting at verse 14, follow along. And Jephthah sent messengers again unto the king and the children of Ammon to deliver Israel... Uh, did I turn too many pages? And said unto them, Thus saith Jephthah, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up out of Egypt and walked through the wilderness unto the Red Sea and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, Let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in like manner they sent unto the king of Moab, and he would not consent, and Israel abode in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness, and compassed the land of Edom, and the land of Moab, and came by the east side of the land of Moab, and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab, for Arnon was the border of Moab. And Israel sent messengers unto Sion, king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon, and Israel said unto them, Let us pass, we pray thee, through the land into my place. But Sion trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sion gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. And the Lord God of Israel delivered Sion and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they smote them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites and the inhabitants of that country. And they possessed all of the coasts of the Amorites from Arnon even unto Jabbok and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. What happened? What actually happened? Why did they fight? Right. They asked for safe, they asked for safe passage and said, we're just going to pass through here. We're not going to bother you guys. And they, uh, they said, no, you can't pass through. And then they actually came and, and fought them. They weren't even in the land. They, came, they left their land to fight the Israelites. All right? How does Jephthah know what happened? This was 300 years in the past, this whole occurrence. I would say that he knows his Bible, right? We'll use that word. That's not what they called it at that point. All right. And he knows enough to say, hey, king of Ammon, you're wrong. All right. This is a pretty interesting guy. He had it together when a lot of people didn't. Uh, so Jephthah corrects the king of Ammon. Do you think that stopped the war? No. No. Uh, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. Pick up at Judges chapter 11, verse 29. Manasseh. Manasseh and passed over Mizpah and of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. 
and Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord, and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon unto my hand, then it shall be that O Lord cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, and I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So go test that. And he smote them from Aor, even till they come up to Minnith, even twenty cities unto the plain of the vineyard, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. Alright, so we get another character trait here for Jephthah. What is it? It's in the very first verse that we just read. The Spirit of the Lord is with Jephthah. Oh, yeah, that one. I'm not thinking of the character. I'd say so, right? You have to be willing to accept the help of God. So it's acceptance. Alright. It's true. <laughs> All right, you have to be willing to be the conduit for God's will, right? It's, a, it's part of who you are. If you have that, it's a pretty defining trait. Um, so he vows to make a sacrifice of the first thing he sees when he comes home after a victory, and then he goes out and wins. All right, let's see what happens next. Keep reading verse 34. What happens? <clears throat> so the, the biggest thing to remember is <laughs> the biggest thing to remember is that he said, I promised God, and that means I, I can't go back, right? So we've got this this guy who's willing to do 
whatever God asks of him, all right, uh, did he sacrifice his daughter? The short and honest answer. Yes. So the original translations are relatively ambiguous. All right. There's various translations that will say, you know, pose this one of, you know, multiple ways. Some people believe that, yes, he did sacrifice his daughter. Some people believe that she took up abstinence and knew no man so that the sacrifice was essentially that Jephthah would have no grandchildren no offspring all right um but what we do know about jephthah right he's a man of valor he's a praying man he's a man who knows his bible he's this man filled with the holy spirit uh so he's obviously going to do what god asked him to do so what else do we know about human sacrifice in the bible okay tell me the story who is it Abraham and is the dad, and Isaac, Isaac is the he's son. Like, go sacrifice your son, and then like, okay, go do it, and then God sends a little ram. All right. You're correct. So, so God stopped him right before he did the act, right? Uh, in fact, God only ever truly condoned one human sacrifice. Absolutely. Right? He was the perfect sacrifice. He died on the cross for us. So knowing all of that, I tend to think that God stopped this sacrifice similar to the way that he stopped Isaac's. All right? The Bible is explicit that it doesn't allow human sacrifice. Right, So we got to be good Bible scholars when we think about this. All right, We have to figure it out because the Bible isn't fully explicit right it doesn't say this happened and and he sacrificed his daughter right so we got to take what we know about jephthah what we know about god to figure it out all right so that's not the end of the story all right we got kind of a postscript we're going to pick it up uh i'm going to start reading chapter 12 verse 1 and the men of ephraim gathered themselves together and went northward and said unto jephthah wherefore passed thou over to fight against the children of Ammon, and did not call us to go with thee. We will burn thine house upon thee with fire. And Jephthah said unto them, I and my people were at great strife with the children of Ammon. And when I called you, ye delivered me not out of their hands. And when I saw that you delivered me not, I put my life in my own hands and passed over against the children of Ammon. And the Lord delivered them into my hand. Wherefore then are ye come up unto me this day to fight against me? Then Jephthah gathered together all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim. And the men of Gilead smote Ephraim because they said, Ye Gileadites are fugitives of Ephraim among the Ephraimites and among the Manassites. And the Gileadites took the passage of Jordan before the Ephraimites. And it was so that when these Ephraimites which had escaped, said, Let me go over, that the men of Gilead said unto them, Art thou an Ephraimite? And they would say, No. They, then they would say unto him, Say now, Shibboleth. And he said, Sibboleth, for he could not frame to pronounce it right. 
Then they took him and slew him at the passage of Jordan, and there fell at that time of the Ephraimites forty and two thousand. And Jephthah judged Israel six years, then died. Jephthah the Gileadite, and was buried in one of the cities of Gilead. All right, so what happened? Hmm? <clears throat> Who's Ephraim? Uh, so Ephraim the person was the son of Joseph. Joseph, uh, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Joseph, all right. Jo- uh, e- Ephraim and Manasseh are two tribes of Israel that are the sons of Joseph, all right. So now we've got this idea in the head. It's the Israelites coming up to Jephthah and saying, hey, why didn't you bring us with you? And they're really mad. They're going to burn his house down. Uh, why did they do that? We're not there yet. <clears throat> why did they go up to Jephthah? Any oh, guesses? He, didn't ask them to fight with him. he said he did. Yeah. He says, I asked you and you didn't come. All right. So they're essentially upset that they didn't get the glory. Right. They didn't get the credit for saving all of Israel. All right. And so what's important here is that who does Jephthah give the credit to? Absolutely. All right. So that's kind of the, the picture here we've got. The Ephraimites who want to take all the glory and Jephthah who actually got the work done saying, it wasn't me, I just happened to be the tool that God used, all right? And what happens because of that? God took care of him, all right? Uh, So he has, you know, essentially Jephthah goes out and kills all the Ephraimites in Gilead, uh, and they're stopping him at the river, and they can't say what? We were talking about how we pronounce our R's all weird. Right? It's kind of funny that we were talking about pronunciation, right? So Shibboleth and Sibboleth. Shibboleth is the, the word for river. They're trying to cross the Jordan, right, to get away from them. And they can figure out who the Ephraimites are because they can't say the word right. right? They can tell where they were born because of how they pronounce it. So... Uh, that's the story of Jephthah, right? He's the eighth judge of Israel. He was this outcast, right? They sent him away when he was young and he had to grow up out in Palestine. But that didn't mean he didn't know God, right? He overcame that as a mighty man of valor and this infectious leader. He prayed and knew the Bible and wasn't afraid to do what God asked him to do. All right, we'll go on next week. Thanks, guys.